RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer. We are, as always, so happy that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. As we start out this edition of Sitting Ringside, I have a question for you. You know, they say a cat has nine lives. Who has more lives than a cat? And the answer, if you've been following and playing along, is Impact Wrestling. Unbelievable that these guys not only keep surviving and thriving, but keep getting, keep resurrecting themselves. It's just amazing. And um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you haven't uh, followed the news uh, this past week, they announced Anthem, uh, which is the company that uh, owns Impact Wrestling, announced that they, along with Steve Harvey of Family Feud fame, I want to work with Steve Harvey. I might actually, I'd, I'd go back and ring announce for free just to just to be able to hang around Steve Harvey at a bar for a night. That would be hilarious, I think. But um, anyway, uh, getting back on track, uh, Anthem, along with Steve Harvey, bought a majority share from Mark Cuban. Uh, of Access TV, one of my favorite channels. Not only do they have Women of Wrestling at the current time and they have New Japan Pro Wrestling, they also have incredible rock concerts that my DVR is filled with, classic rock stuff and uh, some country stuff and uh, just love the, the love that channel. And like I said, I, my DVR is like 68% full and about 45% of it is stuff that I've taped on Access because I'm a big concert fan. Uh, so... Um, that means, and it hasn't been announced yet, but that means that it looks like, and it'd be crazy not to, that Impact Wrestling will be airing on Access, which is a huge improvement from the Pursuit Network, which is still a huge improvement from Destination America and the other small uh, networks that they've been plugging away at while after they lost Spike TV. So uh, just amazing that uh, they're able to continue to it's at, at a time where at a time where AEW is making so much noise and Ring of Honor is trying to make noise again uh, after having a little talent issues and uh, you know with AEW and WWE at a time when WWE and NXT are fighting uh, in a battle that they haven't had to fight uh, since the end of the, the Monday Night Wars and. Uh, it's just amazing that Impact Wrestling finds a way again to stay relevant and to make themselves uh, uh, a player uh, back in the industry. And I'm really, I'm really super happy for Scott Demore, who's a good friend, friend of the shows, as you know, for show as you know, for Ed Nordham, who's uh, also been on this podcast, and we hope as uh, this, as this. Uh, plays out as far as access and the time slot and what they're going to do with the other wrestling shows. Uh, I hope that we'll get Ed back on to talk about uh, how this happened and his thoughts and new juice in impact wrestling, but uh, it's amazing. And they never get like the little train that could, that, that uh, what do they call it, Jerry? The little train that could the little engine that could. So uh, congratulations to impact wrestling, the little engine that could, uh, in just a moment, we're going to have a 
two-time Impact Grand Champion on. Uh, his name is Moose. He will be fighting Ken Shamrock uh, in a match that kind of started as a uh, social media feud and is ending up in the ring at Bound for Glory in Chicago uh, on October 20th, 2019. If you want to go see it live, it's at the Odium Expo Center or it will be on pay-per-view. I've been to a lot of Bound for Glories, been lucky enough to uh, announce a lot of Bound for Glories, uh, and um, I'm sure this will be a great show, and Moose and Ken Shamrock should be interesting. And since this is football season, has upon us, and I lost both of my fantasy games, darn it, but um, it's a long season. But as, as f- football season is upon us, uh, we've been talking about my bookie, and we'll continue to talk about them, and... Uh, and, and that, and that uh, great offer for the NFL season. But we decided uh, who better to talk to than a former NFL player who converted to pro wrestling. And that's Moose. Uh, real name is Quinn Ajanaka. So uh, played for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, had a cup of coffee with the New England Patriots, which I want to ask him about and St. Louis Rams and the Indianapolis Colts and then jumped into a a wrestling career uh, with a good friend of mine, uh, an old friend of mine, Curtis Hughes, formerly Mr. Hughes. And um, he's produced a couple of of big names, uh, Apollo Crews, Moose. There's been others uh, out of his uh, school in Georgia. So congratulations on him. Saw him at uh, WrestleCon and uh, he's just plugging away. Good guy, nice guy. And uh, so we're going to talk to Moose, and we'll talk to him about football, about the NFL, uh, about the different, uh, difference of training for the NFL versus training for, uh, training for professional wrestling and his ride in Impact Wrestling. Do want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, to check us out on Twitter if you haven't already. Uh, you can find me at David Penzer, all one word, D-A-V-I-D-P-E-N-Z-E-R. You can follow the show at Penzer Ringside. Uh, I'd like to interact with the fans on Twitter. So if you haven't already signed up, please do. Also, this podcast is available wherever all podcasts are found. So uh, if you like what you hear, if you are a fan, uh, please spread the word. If this is your first time listening, uh, be sure to subscribe and uh, you get City Ringside each and every Monday morning right there dropped in your lap. You don't have to do any work. And uh, we appreciate your support. So, as NFL season is upon us, as Impact Wrestling undergoes its 10th life, uh, and Bound for Glory comes up on October the 20th, uh, we want to welcome this week's guest. Talk a little NFL, talk a little football, talk a little wrestling. That is former two-time Impact World Grand Champion, Moose. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on City Ringside, as football season is upon us, always my favorite time of year, and Impact Wrestling is making news once again as they have announced this past week that they have signed a deal to purchase, uh, in part, uh, Access TV. And uh, so one would uh, venture to think that that would mean that they would be on that channel i don't want to put the cart before the horse but it makes sense to me so who better to have on the podcast this week than former two-time impact grand champion former nfl player uh the one and only moose moose welcome to city ringside glad you're here oh thanks for having me hey uh 
before we start, I want to talk about football career a little bit and uh, about wrestling a little bit. But uh, before we do that, just uh, wanted to get your uh, thoughts on the on the access deal. I, I know that there's not a lot of details as far as, you know, when you guys are going to be on there. But um, it looks like it's a fait accompli. It's going to happen. And it seems to be huge for a company that has more lives than a cat. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know much about the deal. Um, we were just, I was told about it yesterday, um, shortly before it got announced. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a huge deal for, for the company. It's another step towards the right direction. Um, I'm just happy for the guys who's been there since day one. And, um, um, I'm actually one of the guys who's been in the comp- company the longest myself and Eddie, um, and I mean, we've been through the company when it was in real bad shape and then make it, have an announcement like this yesterday. It's just all our hard work is paying off, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I did some work uh, with them when they were in Nashville and they were just a pay-per-view only with Jeff, uh, doing some outside booking stuff, uh, for indie shows. And then, um, you might know that I, I came on uh, when they were on Spike TV. I was ring announcing for them for about five years. And then, you know, all the different channels that they had. And they called me back uh, when um, when uh, Impact was bought. And they changed the name to Impact Wrestling. And eventually, financially, it wasn't going to work out anymore. But I've seen so many iterations of this company. And it just never ceases to amaze me how uh, how how they just refuse to give up. And that's coming from somebody who lived the whole end of WCW thing. So, uh, so it's just pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's an exciting time for everybody in our roster. And I myself is so happy about it. So, um, yeah. we'll just see um, what happens here in the next few days or weeks, and to see if um, if that means we're going to be on the channel. I mean, I will assume so. If we own it, right? <laughs> yeah, um, you think so, you think so? Um, you know, I'm sure they're keeping stuff tight-lipped now. But if you own a network and you're looking for a TV partner, uh, you'd think that the network would be the perfect place. Uh, we'll get back to Impact Wrestling a little bit. Um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about your NFL career. Um, having uh, a son who played football from the age of five all the way up to Division Two, Division Three. Uh, college football. I know the grind uh, of a football player. And uh, so when you finally were drafted in the fifth round by the Atlanta Falcons after the, you know, the, the little league and the high school and the, uh, the, the, the college and, and the fact that, so, that they called your name, how did that feel? And, and how, how does that really happen? You know, us, we, we watch the draft as fans and, you know, we, you know, we, you know, everybody has their mock drafts, but how much did the agents, how much did your agent tell you as far as when to expect? And, uh, you know, do you really listen to every number uh, around your time and, and, and wait for that call? That must be nerve wracking. I mean, it is, but it's one of those things where you really don't know. You have an idea what rounds um, you, you, you will go or what number for the guys who get picked in the first round. You have an idea like um when it's gonna happen, but I mean in reality, I mean, you know you you still never know. I mean I mean you watch the draft, there's guys who've been told oh yeah, you'll be the first ten pick and they don't get drafted into the early second round, you know. Um in my situation I I had an idea of 
when I was going to go, but he told me, oh, you might get drafted in the fourth round, fourth or fifth round. But if somebody wants to get you, you never know, because if somebody was really in love with me and lost out on who they was, who, who was going to draft in the third round, they could have called me and drafted me in the third round if they was really high on me. Um, but like I, to answer the question, I had an idea, but um, it was still a it was still a nerve-wracking day, you know. How relieved were you to get that phone call? Because you know, I know there, I know people, you know, uh, players, you know, uh, here locally in Tampa Bay that have been projected to go in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round and didn't get drafted at all. Uh, one in the most recent draft, which must be absolutely frustrating and heartbreaking. Uh, so, how how relieved were you when when you got the call and they called your name? Um, I was relieved. Uh, I mean, it was at least I knew for the next couple of years of my life where I'll be living at, um, especially being drafted in the first round. Um, usually you get drafted that high, you know, you're at least going to have a, have a shelf life. Um, you, you're going to be spending some time in the area for, for a couple of years. And, um, so at least I was very relieved because I was like, uh, graduating from Syracuse or being my senior at Syracuse. Um, you never know where you're going to live or what's next for you in your life. But at least after that phone call, I was like, you know what? Atlanta's not a bad town. It's not a bad city. I guess I'll be living in Atlanta for the next two, three years, you know? Yeah, I lived there when I worked for WCW. Probably out of all the places I've lived, nothing against Tampa. Atlanta was my favorite. Uh, the weather's just right. Not too hot, not too cold. Um, so uh, you spent about... Uh, three or four or five years with the uh, Falcons, and then you got traded to the New England Patriots. I wanted to ask you, you know, there's a lot of talk this week about the Patriots and Antonio Brown going there and, and, and what they're able to do with these players and, and you know, even players like Julian Edelman who who would be special teams players, they're able to turn them into franchise uh, uh, players. Any When you were there, and I know you were there for parts of a season, was there any glimpse of what makes that franchise special? Um, yeah. Um, the reason why that franchise is always going to be great is because they strictly only care about football. Um, Bill, Bill Belichick only cares about football. So um, I was surprised when they signed Antonio Brown because I know the drama that um, – he's he's had with every team he's been on. But um now that I think about it, it doesn't really surprise me more that much because uh, if you follow football you see Corey Dillon was a bad locker room guy. The Patriots took a chance on him won the Super Bowl. Randy Moss was a exactly. bad locker room guy. Exactly. The Patriots took a chance on him and went undefeated. Um Josh Gordon necessarily wasn't a bad locker room guy but He's been suspended for drugs time and time and time again. Patriots took a chance on him. And before his situation last year, he had a great year. Um, so it shows that the Patriots will give you a second chance. And I feel like knowing Belichick and knowing Brady, those two might be the only guys that could maybe pave the right direction for Antonio Bryan and show him out a little bit. Yeah, and I that's mean... that's one thing I feel like any other coach in the NFL can do. 
Yeah, Bill Belichick is. Uh, they should call the Super Bowl trophy the Bill Belichick. And, and I'm not a New England fan. I'm more of a fantasy football guy. I'm not, I don't really root for any specific team. But um, but yeah, it's just amazing. You got to give the guy credit. And I, I, you know, when he when Antonio Brown ended up there after all the craziness of the last year or, or year and a half, I was to me it was like, what took you so long? You know, it seemed like the perfect place to go because if anybody, if any organization, and that's why I asked you what makes it so special. Because if any organization could do, take a Randy Moss or a Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown and move, point them in the right dire- direction, it's uh, it's definitely the Patriots, and I appreciate the insight. So in two thousand, around two thousand and twelve, as your career was winding down um, in the NFL, you started training, I believe, with Curtis Hughes, and um, yeah. tell me about. Um, Football and NFL training and camp compared to pro wrestling training. When you started pro wrestling, uh, was that like a breeze compa- compared to pro football in the in the NFL level, or was it uh, harder? I, I, I'm just curious your thoughts. Um, I wouldn't say it's a breeze. It's different. Uh, it's talking about two different physical things, you know. Um, and uh, I mean, so the training is going to be different. Um, it's two different things. Like one thing you have to be in shape for, for like an average NFL play lasts, what, six seconds. Sure. And then you play a minute before you run another six, before you run another six second play. Then you take 45 seconds before you run another six second play. So in the NFL, you had to work your, do your cardio and your workouts in that mindset that, Work hard for six seconds, take a break. Hard for six seconds, take a break. Hard for six seconds, take a break. When wrestling is a little different um, mindset with your cardio, you could have a 30-minute match. You could have a 10-minute match. You could have a five-minute match. So it's it's two different dynamics. It's two different things to get um, physically. Um, I'm not going to say football is harder. I'm not going to say wrestling is harder. They're both just different. Were you a wrestling fan growing up, or is it something you kind of stumbled on in Atlanta with Mr. Hughes? No, I was definitely a huge uh, wrestling fan. I mean, I think the only guys who actually make a fall in this world of wrestling is business are guys who have a passionate about it and have an interest in their life about it from an um, earlier stage in life. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned passion for wrestling. I, my next question was about that because as somebody who had a son who, who played all the way up to, like I said, Division three college football, I know that you have to have a passion for playing football. If you don't have a passion for going out there and getting beat up day after day after day, then uh, you're just not going to make it at all. And, uh, and, and I know that as doing a podcast uh, every week for a year and a half, you hear – Every week we talk to people who are passionate uh, about the wrestling business. I'm wondering, is there any comparison or difference between put football passion versus wrestling passion? Um, no, I mean, passion is passion. I mean, for me personally, I, I had no passion for football um, after I left Atlanta. Um, my first, I'm not going to, I'll be lying if I said my first two years, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't fun for me, but. Um, I felt like after I had my run with the Falcons, it was like, okay, I hate this. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I'm making all the money doing this, but I legit hated going to work every day. 
Um, I hated living anywhere that wasn't Atlanta to play football. And that's why three years after I left Atlanta, I was like, you know, it's time to hang it up. Um, there's no way I could do this. So you had that football passion all through high school and college, first couple of years, and then it just kind of tapered off. Uh, interesting to hear that. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people, uh, once they get to that spot uh, in the NFL, uh, the, the, I, I haven't heard a lot of stories like that, so I appreciate your honesty. Folks, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? I asked that question last week. I spent the whole week seriously pondering what I'd do if I found $100 on the street. Would I pick it up or would I keep on walking? And I have to tell you that a week later, my answer is still the same. I'd take the money. And of course, you take the money as well. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with my bookie if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season. Bet with my bookie. Something we talked about last week that was really cool, and I didn't know. Maybe you do, but you could bet on games on my bookie after kickoff. That's right. If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can just take the other side. Just like that. <laughs> uh, that's pretty easy. I think even Disco Inferno could uh, could win betting that way. Big better, Disco Inferno. If you're like me, the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Oh, yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. I so enjoyed the first couple of weeks of the NFL, and I so enjoy betting on my bookie. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. That is right. Use promo code RINGSIDE to activate the offer. That promo code is RINGSIDE, R I N G S I D E, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. That's mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Let's get into the wrestling business. You uh, kind of jump right into Ring of Honor, a little bit green, although uh, 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 from what I remember when I watching you, you're still pretty impressive for somebody who was so new in the business. Tell me about that and how it was just jumping out there uh, on a national stage and Sinclair uh, versus the NFL and getting your feet wet in the pro wrestling business? Um, it, it was like a, some say that I've gotten it easier than others. Um, and that might be true in, in a sense. Um, I feel like I got my, my, the way I got introduced to Ring of Honor was, um, it was a weird situation. And, um, I've, and you were 100% right when I first started at Ring of Honor. Um, was I ready for that spotlight? Probably not. But I think I had the experience of being in the NFL playing in front of having to perform in front of 60,000 people every Sunday, you know. So that huge spotlight wasn't anything for me. It wasn't something that was going to blow me out the park or um, I wasn't going to be ready for. And, um, and um, I had the pleasure of working with some of the best wrestlers in the world at Ring of Honor. Sure. Um, and without that experience, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. So after a couple of years, you moved to Impact Wrestling. At the time, it looked like, uh, at least from what I heard and read on the Internet, uh, 
and Twitter and stuff, you were a pretty hot free agent. Uh, I'm sure you had your choice of a couple of different places, a few. Uh, what made you settle with Impact Wrestling at the end of the day? Uh, that's a smart move. Uh, uh, I felt like I, part of me did want to stay with Ring of Honor because a bunch of my close friends were there. But um, I felt like at the time, Ring of Honor was very stagnant. It wasn't going anywhere and didn't have huge plans for me in the future. At least that's my feelings from what I saw. I could have been wrong. Um, but I, I wanted a new, I wanted to change. Um, uh, I thought I could be bigger than what I was at Impact Wrestling. And um, I decided to go to, go to Impact. Um so talk to me. I know you started off in the end of the Dixie Carter regime and that you mentioned earlier, that was kind of a mess. Uh, but uh, eventually they uh, they sold to uh, Ed Nordum and, and, and his company, uh, Anthem. And then Scott Demore and Dodd Callis ended up becoming the creative forces and the, the vice presidents. Tell me about working for those three guys. I got to tell you, I've been I've been around the pro wrestling business for different companies for for 20 years. And I found Ed Nordham probably the most approachable and honest boss uh, I ever worked for. Yeah, you're 100% right. Ed is, um, I feel like one of the reasons why a lot of people sign or end up signing the impact is when they have that first interaction with Ed and they realize, wow, this is the most stand-up guy I've ever met, you know. Um, I feel like most places you go, your boss could kind of come off as um, not approachable. And Ed is exactly the opposite of that. And, um, and like, like you said, um, when I first got the impact, Dixie was in charge. And um, a few months after I got there, the company got sold. And Jeff Jarrett took over. And he had his um, short stint as the guy running the company. And then the situation with him happened and Ed and Don took over. Um, I feel like those two guys were, the, were by far the best thing that could happen for Impact Wrestling. Um, and, I mean, fast forward a couple of years down the road and we just got a, a great news with the whole thing with Access. So the wheel just keep they just keep turning the wheel and um, the guys in the, in the office positions and working their ass off and so it's talent. And I mean, I can't wait to see where the company is a year or two from now. I know you only worked uh, with her for a little while, but any thoughts on Dixie Carter when you were working with her? Um, no, I, I could never say anything bad about Dixie. She's a nice lady. Um, I don't think she really understood wrestling um, as well. Obviously, as well as Don and Scott does um and that could have been part of the reason for the failures when she was in control and uh but i don't know i don't know how much i mean from what i do know about it she was a, definitely a nice lady um and i'm glad she sold the company to Anthem. <laughs> yeah for sure um hey i was i was back there for a little while as i mentioned and i was there when uh you and d'angelo teamed up against uh, Chris Adonis and Eli Drake. And um, uh, I've never, I don't know that in all my years around the business that I've ever seen any, you, you know, you you really got it quickly, but this guy got it like 
after like I don't know how long he trained a, a day or two, and so I, I'm wondering what. As somebody who had to kind of pay the dues a little bit and and work their way up, did you look at D'Angelo and how quick he picked it up and kind of going not not mad at him, but kind of going, how the hell did that happen? Um, no, not really, because um, D'Angelo's an athlete, and that's what happens when you get an athlete, a uh, bona fide NFL star, um, and a guy who has passion for wrestling because he's been a fan of wrestling as long as I've been a fan of wrestling. I mean, we're at the same age, and we've shared our stories with a good buddy of mine. And um, so when you get a guy like that as an athlete, very athletic, very smart, very um, can talk, has a lot of swagger, um, is and you is articulate, and you put him in the wrestling ring, of course he's going to shine. And, uh, and that's exactly what he did. I think he, if he ever decides to get back into it, which I know he doesn't, he will have a bright future on it. But I know he was a one-time thing for him, and he never wants to do it again. And hopefully that changes in the future. Yeah, that's amazing because usually people get the wrestling bug, especially if they catch on so quickly. You know, look at uh, Ronda Rousey uh, really uh, jumped in and for a good year or two, and uh, it's amazing that he has no interest. But, uh, yeah, it'd be fun to see what, uh, what a Moose and D'Angelo Williams tag team could, uh, could do if given a run because uh, it was really impressive stuff from you guys in that match. Uh, where y'all teamed. Most recently, you've been uh, uh, barking a little bit with uh, Ken Shamrock on Twitter uh, and on social media, wondering how that happened and uh, and what's your current thoughts on, on Ken R. He has uh, a long-time wrestling career and a long-time MMA legit career, so just wondering why you decided to poke that tiger. Um, what caused it was um, I took a shot at Brian Cage in a sort of conversation he was having with Ken Shamrock. And I guess Ken didn't like some of the things I said and the shot that I took on Brian. And I guess he thought I was, I had said something to disrespect him and he chimed in and we went back and forth. And now I guess we have a match in Bound for Glory October 20th. And, um, uh, what do I think about Ken? I think he's, I mean, he's one of the the key names and the attitude there. He's one of the guys that made the attitude there what it is. I mean, he's obviously a UFC legend. And um, I have respect for all the accolades that mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. But that was years ago. There's a new era. And I don't think anybody's going to be praising him for things he did. 10, 20 years ago, you know, it was a whole new era. I got gotcha. you. Um, and as, as you uh, get ready for the match uh, in October, uh, I'm wondering if you have uh, done any MMA training, if you're going to be uh, uh, going to any dojos or, or trying to learn any of the mixed martial arts. Mm, no, uh, I'm not going to be doing any MMA training because I don't think I need to do any MMA training. I mean, Let's be let's be honest here. Has Ken lost matches in wrestling? Yes, he's lost a bunch of matches in wrestling to guys who wasn't who weren't MMA fighters. So I feel like if I stick to what I'm great at, which is being the best wrestler in the world, I could beat Ken. 
I mean, Ken could do all his MMA training if he wants. That's his prerogative. Um, I'm not going to be doing that. Interesting, because a lot of people would be headed right to a dojo uh, facing somebody like Shamrock. I hope that works out for you. And as you mentioned, that was Bound for Glory October 20th at the Odium Expo Center in Chicago. Uh, so uh, as you look towards your career uh, in professional wrestling, there's a lot of opportunities out there. As you know, you probably, probably uh, with the news of Impact uh, potentially being on Axis, uh, AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, probably the best time to be a pro wrestling fan and also to be a pro wrestler as far as options. Any, uh, I know you enjoy your time in, in Impact, and, and I know that you're excited, obviously, about uh, the, you know, the 10th the life that it's been given. But uh, any thoughts about what a future might look like, uh, you know, five, ten years from now as far as a WrestleMania moment or, or, uh, or anything like that? Um, not at all. I don't, I don't set long-term goals or think five years down the future. So I couldn't answer that question. I live in a moment. And at this moment, I work for Impact Wrestling. I'm happy working for Impact Wrestling. That is a good answer, Moose. Very well done. Hey, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time. Uh, last question I have for you. Uh, who's going to be in the Super Bowl in 2020? Um, the Patriots and whoever comes out of the NFC. I could have told you that. I was looking for inside info. <laughs> well, that's the best you're going to get from me. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty. Hey, any fantasy football advice? I lost both my first two games. Mm, I'm probably the worst person to get advice from. Um, I started Baker Mayfield overtime Brady. So, oh, <laughs> And that didn't work out. Luckily, I still won my game, but Baker Mayfield gave me an astonishing five points. Well, Tom Brady on the bench put out like 27 points. So Yeah, I'm well aware. All right. hey, yeah. hey, speaking of fantasy football and the popularity, how, how do the players take that? A guy like D'Angelo, you know, I had D'Angelo uh, the last year that he was in Pittsburgh. And, you know, you're looking at this guy like, you know, like, uh, you know, you need him to, to put all these points on the board so you can win a game. And do, do, they, do the players put any thought at this point in 2019 into, uh, into what people in fantasy world say? Or is that just something that you have to put in the total back of your head? I don't think any player in the NFL cares about fantasy football because they can't make money off of it. So That's true. They can't make money, they can't make money off of it was a point of putting their their mind into it, you know. Um, I, I don't think any player is thinking, oh, I need one more catch to get 40 points. No. They can't bet on it. They can't make money off of it, so they don't care about it. Hey, I appreciate you coming by, talking about the NFL, about Impact Wrestling, about Bound for Glory, and uh, even a little fantasy football, uh, as I'm obsessed with it, as most people who listen to this podcast know. Hey, best of luck uh, in your future. Appreciate the time. And uh, thank you very much again. Good luck at Bound for Glory, October 20th at the Odium Expo Center in Chicago. Uh, thanks for having me, man. want to thank Moose for jumping on the podcast with us and uh, talking a little NFL. So uh, had to talk to a former NFL player to find out it's going to be the Patriots 
versus whoever wins the NFC. Uh, how's that for insight, folks? But other than that, good stuff and uh, interesting stuff about his uh, transformation from uh, the NFL, which he obviously lost uh, passion for, to professional wrestling, which he obviously has passion for. Got to respect the guy from uh, walking away and finding something that they uh, have passion for. So uh, huge respect to that. And uh, good luck uh, versus Ken Shamrock, uh, Bound for Glory, October 20th in Chicago and on pay-per-view. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, follow me on Twitter at David Penzer. If you have any questions, if uh, you want to chat, I'm always around. So uh, hit me up. And uh, let's talk some pro wrestling. With that, until next time, I'm David Penzer, still sitting ringside. Goodbye. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Hey gang, Jerry P. Tuck here, co-host of A Place for My Head. Each week, Brandon Thompson and I are going to be talking about the importance of mental health. We're going to be talking everything from stress, anxiety, different mental illnesses, different chronic illnesses, and frankly, the rigors of everyday life and how we all struggle to get through it. We're not medical professionals, but... We are looking to start that conversation that needs to be had about the stigma around mental illness and how it affects us every single day. We'll talk to experts, but at the end of the day, A Place for My Head is all about real people with real stories about real life. Check out A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and myself, Jerry P. Tuck, each week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.